Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Wears Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. If you would please open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. We are in chapter 11, the end of chapter 10, having been warned against falling away, we're told, but we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, this is God's word. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it, our ancestors won God's approval. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts, and even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away, and so he did not experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she, was consider- since she considered the one who had promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as innumerable as the grains of sand along the seashore. All these died in faith, although they had not received the things that were promised. But they saw them from a distance, greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they were thinking about where they came from, they would have had an opportunity to return. But they now desire a better place, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. 
By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, and yet he was offering his one and only son, the one to whom it had been said, your offspring will be called through Isaac. He considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead. Therefore, he received him back, figuratively speaking. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, and he worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, as he was nearing the end of his life, mentioned the exodus of the Israelites and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months because they saw that the child was beautiful and they didn't fear the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking ahead to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. By faith, he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, so the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as though they were on dry land. When the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after being marched around by the Israelites for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength in weakness, became mighty in battle, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Other people were tortured, not accepting release so that they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these were approved through their faith. But they did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, so that they would not be made perfect without us. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. How important is faith? It is absolutely essential. We read here in this chapter, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is essential. But what is faith? I mean, if, if you got to have it, Let's be sure we know what we're talking about, what it is we're going after. Faith is the assurance of what is hoped for. It is the conviction 
of what is not seen. Check your footnotes. It's a better translation. It is the assurance. This says the reality. Well, it is the reality, but in what, what does that mean? It means you're sure. You're sure. I don't think that my house is still standing up on the hill. I don't think that we've made it through the worship time in this service without a nuclear strike next door. I'm sure of it. And it's not based on wishful thinking or just being accustomed to the status quo and assuming that things will continue as they have. There are some things I'm not sure about. <clears throat> there are some things that I don't know. But faith is not just wishing something was so. Faith is something that God works in us that causes us to know, to be sure. It is the assurance of what is hoped for. I am hoping to go to heaven when I die. And I'm sure I will because of Jesus. If it was on me, I'd still want to go to heaven when I die, but I would not be sure. I would not have confidence. I wouldn't have the conviction that I'm going because, um, frankly, I am well aware that I am fallible. I have made mistakes. I still make mistakes. And it is highly likely that between now and the time I die, I will probably make more mistakes. Faith is something that God works in us so that we can have confidence in him when we don't have our confidence in ourselves. It's not, well, you know, I, I think I can handle it up to this point, but beyond that point, God's going to have to do it. No, no, no. I can do nothing without him. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And so faith is absolutely essential, but it is also not just a feeling. It's not just wishful thinking. It is, if you want a good, a good word for your vocabulary list, it is cognitive. It is something we understand. It involves our intellect. We're supposed to love God with all our minds. Why do I say that? Where in the text would indicate that it's cognitive, that it involves understanding? Well, try verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. God made the universe out of nothing. He spoke it into being. We understand that. We don't just believe it in the sense that, you know, I have this feeling that, that there is a creator. And that, no. We understand that the creation points to the creator. And that the creator made all things by the word of his power. 
We understand these things. That's not all we understand, but that's an example of things that we understand and that understanding, that cognitive or intellectual element is a part of faith. Some people think that faith is just following your gut. Okay? It's just, you know, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to use my mind. I'm just going to turn off my mind and just go by faith. You don't have to turn off your mind to go by faith. You need to get your mind in line with God's word. And when your mind is in line with God's word, when you're believing what God says, you will understand things that baffle other people. Because God tells us the truth. One of the marvelous things about the Bible is the more you study it, the more you recognize, okay, that explains that. Now now I get what's going on. You know, why do people act that way? Well, let me take you to the book of Romans. Okay? God tells us in his word about the universe, about the history of creation, about the nature of man, about the psychology of man, if you will. It's in the scriptures so that we understand these things. There are people who, in order to get money for their research and their retirement fund, have to come up with something startling. No one else has found this before. Look at this. Wow, yes. If we can propose this in a convincing way, we can get grants. I'm telling you something. I'm not saying science is irrelevant. I'm saying measure everything by whether or not it's consistent with God's Word. Because God's Word doesn't change. From generation to generation to generation to generation, the truth is still the truth. And experts in all kinds of fields, there are some experts in almost any field that will agree with Scripture. Okay? They'll say, wow, I didn't know it said that in the Bible, but that's, that's what my research has been showing. And there are other people who will say, oh, why would I even bother with that ancient collection of people's opinions, primitive minds? Well, the answer is because you're going to be dead in 150 years, and whether or not you learned the truth is going to matter to you forever. Folks, it's a great privilege for me to be able to come each evening and bring God's Word on these stations. I am so thankful that I have the opportunity to do that. But if you listen regularly, you know that my life day-to-day is involved in trying to minister to kids who come from very difficult situations. I want to ask you to please help us. Contact us at wvr.org and find out how you can be part of the miracle. wvr.org. Please help us. Help these children. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is So, faith is cognitive. It is also creedal. These go together. What does creedal mean? It means we believe specific things. Example of that is verse 6. Without faith it's impossible to please God since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, that's not an exhaustive list of everything we need to believe, but it demonstrates the fact that there are essentials to our faith. Believing something doesn't make it true. Believing something needs to be 
based on whether or not it's consistent with God's word. If I believe that we're supposed to worship the stone statue because that's what my parents taught me and that's what their parents taught them and that's what their parents taught them and we've been doing it a long time and that, that's vital in order to keep our cultural identity. We've all got to worship the stone statue. It's not like, okay, well, as long as you got faith. No. No. God is God. And we must believe that he is, that he exists. And we've got to believe something about his character. The example given here is that he rewards those who seek him. In other words, if you want to know the truth, God will show you the truth. If with all your heart you truly seek me, you will ever surely find me, thus says the Lord. Well, what about the poor person who's never heard? If that person wants to know the truth, God will see to it they find it. Some of the most amazing stories of how God supernaturally intervened in order to bring a person to the place where they could hear the gospel or bring a person who knew the gospel to those people. Absolutely amazing. My own dear son, Mr. Andrew, on a trip to a remote place in Southeast Asia, was able to be a part of a team that brought the gospel to folks who'd never heard. And if I can paraphrase what the fellow there said through the translator, I always knew that there had to be a God that was greater than the gods I serve. But I had no one to tell me. Well, that's why they came, see. Here was a guy with a longing in his heart for something that transcended these idols. And so God put it in the heart of an 18-year-old and some other folks to go to that remote place, to hike in there in order to bring the gospel to somebody who had no other way of hearing. Do you understand? We must believe certain things because they are true. But it's not just intellectual, cognitive. It's not just creedal, specific content. It is confessional. That is to say, we confess our faith with our words, verses 13 and 14. Those who say such things show that they are seeking a homeland, not wanting to go back to where they came from. They're wanting to go on to be with God. We don't just confess it with our words. Most of the content of this chapter is about people who confessed their faith with their deeds, with their actions. Starting with Abel. Concluding with those who were martyred for their faith. All the folks in between did what God said. God called them to action, and as they obeyed God, they were manifesting faith. What happened in this chapter? What happened to the people who did what God said? Well, let's look. The first one listed is Abel. 
God received his sacrifice, and his brother was jealous and killed him. Uh, well, I, I don't think that went very well. Yeah, it actually went real well for Abel. No, he, he died. He died. And what happened to him when he died? You know what's going to happen to you? I can't say where you're going to end up because I can't see if you're really trusting Jesus. But I know this, you and I are all going to die. Abel is the first example of faith that we're given. And we should learn from his example that success doesn't always look like what the world calls success. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. It goes through person after person, from Enoch to Noah to Abraham to Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, Moses, Rahab the prostitute, all these different people, look at what happened. Every single one of them did what God said. And please notice that. It wasn't that they all got an idea of something they would like to experience. And then they actualized their dream through positive thinking. That's not what is said about any of them. In fact, what is said over and over is that, for the most part, they didn't get to experience what they were longing for. Because God's intention was that the fulfillment of all those longings would ultimately be met in Jesus Christ. He is the one who brings it all to pass. He is the one in whom we find our final home. You know, Jesus really wants you to be with him at the Father's house forever. He says, I am preparing a place for you, and I am preparing you for that place. God loves you so much that he wants you to be with him forever. Forever. This is good news. These folks are being told... You've got to have faith, and that faith is not just cognitive, and it's not just creedal, and it's not just confessional. It is relational. It is about knowing him, trusting him, obeying him. That's what it's all about. The devil knows the Bible's true, but the devil doesn't trust God is not eager to do his will. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. I had to apologize to the Lord this morning as I was praying for some other folks. I sometimes pray that people who are suffering greatly would be released to go and be in, with the Lord in heaven and I've, I've prayed that since I was a kid. And it suddenly occurred to me as I was praying that what I think would be so wonderful 
is for that person to be released from suffering. But I really, all these years, have not been focused on the fact that they'll be free from sin. What in the world is wrong with me? That I think somehow suffering is worse than sin. I want us to be free from sin. Not just forgiven, but cleansed and made whole. Lord, have your way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.